Hello friends, subscribers, and colleagues. This is the Platinum Business Break or the Platinum Business Podcast. And today's episode is sponsored by Platinum Training Technologies, the premier training, learning, and coaching platform for business. Um, all right, we're going to jump right in. This one is called The Myth of Time Management. That's probably going to get some of your attention. You know, there's hundreds of books out there on time management, and I am convinced that you can't manage time. And I'm going to explain why here in just a minute in the episode. Today's episode is The Myth of Time Management. It's Season 3, Episode 2, and I hope you enjoy it. We're going to jump right in. January 17th is the date when most people finally give up on their resolutions that they made on January 1st. Um, that's uh, from several studies that I found, and that's that's actually pretty sad. That's, that's not even three weeks. Now, I know we hear hey, it takes three weeks to form a habit. It's actually more like 66 days. But the biggest reason I hear that people give up on their resolutions is it's time. You know, I don't have time. And if you go back to the podcast I did on, on New Year's Day, you know, I talk about a resolution versus a resolution where a, a revolution is a radical change. And my favorite quote from Jim Rohn, discipline weighs ounces and regret weighs tons. All right. So with that, and, you know, we just say, hey, there's no time. We just don't have any time. You know, I'm busy at work and too many meetings. And, I, you know, I can't I can't eat right. So I got to stop by and get some fast food. I don't have time to exercise. I'm so tired. OK, those are all excuses. And it's because you think you don't have any time, but you actually do. And again, it's not really time management. It's really more lifestyle or uh, what I call productivity management. So the myth of time management. Here we go. Again, this is I've just I've read tons of books on this. And I'm actually going to reference a book that talks about time management, but it gives some pretty good tips. So I'm going to uh, show you that later. So the myth of time management, time is passing, whether we want it to or not. Right now I can hear the click of the clock that's on the wall to my right. So time is passing. The question is, what do you do with your time, right? So really what we're talking about is lifestyle management, or really what I like to think is being productive. Uh, I want to be productive. So if I could look back during a week and go, hey, I was actually productive. I actually did something. Isn't that pretty cool? That's what I want to try to do. All right, I'm going to tell you about the parable of the marbles. And I got this from a book called Leadership Gold by, by John Maxwell, my friend and mentor, one of my favorite books. And uh, this is from uh, the chapter on, he calls time management, but he goes on to say there's no such thing as time management. And I'm going to do a little old school and read this to you. But the cool thing about this is... Uh, this is a story that he told. It was actually by a guy named uh, Jeffrey Davis. And basically what it is, it's a, it's a gentleman who's uh, talking like on a ham radio, those of you who know what that is. And, and he's tell, talking to his friends about the passage of time. And he was talking about, you know, the thousand marbles parable. And so, and, and I'm going to quote here. He said, uh, the gentleman, again, this was uh, Jeffrey Davis. He wrote, I was intrigued and stopped to listen and say what he had to say. Well, Tom, it sure sounds like you're busy with your job, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He said, let me tell you something. Tom, and this helps me keep a good perspective on my own priorities. That's called the theory or parable of a thousand marbles. Uh, you see, I sat down one day and did a little arithmetic. The average person lives about 75 years. I know some live more and some live less, but on average, folks live about 75 years. Now, I multiplied the 75 times 52, and I came up with 3,900, which is the number of Saturdays or weeks we each have um, left in our entire life. So stick with me. He said, I'm getting to the important part. He said, it took me until I was 55 years old 
to think about this in detail. And by that time, I had lived through over 2,800 Saturdays. I got to thinking if I lived to be 75, I only had a, about a thousand left to live. Now that's pretty sobering if you could actually have a visual, uh, which you can see here on the screen. Hey, it's just, you know, it's, how many weeks do you have left on average? So I went to the toy store, bought up all the marbles. Anyway, long story short is he bought up all the marbles and every, every Saturday he would take one out, throw it away or put it into a different jar. And he said, uh, this morning I took the very last marble out of the container. And I figure if I make it until next Saturday, they've been given a little extra time or a gift. That's one, one thing that we can all use is a little more time. So the cool thing about that, I think, is, you know, you, if you start looking at your time as a visual or the time you have left, and if you put a marble for every day, you have, well, you know, I got about, you know, about a little over a thousand marbles left based on that parable. So I've done, and this is actually the picture you see is my marble jar. So every Sunday, and that's my kind of favorite day, I'm going to take one out put it in the jar next to me. And I'm going to look at that marble, like the one I have here. You can see the marble here. I'm going to see it there on camera. But I'm going to take this marble and I'm going to think, did I get all the stuff that I wanted to do this week? Was I productive? Did I make a difference in people's lives? You know, really, those are the big questions. You know, and, you know one of your goals may be, hey, I, I want to binge watch the, the latest uh, HBO special. <laughs> and if that was your goal, that's fine. But did you do it? So that's all I'm saying. So every week, were you productive? Now, I'm going to jump in, give a couple of uh, thoughts and tips and tricks on, on how we can be more productive. And again, it, I'm going to call this time management uh, just for ease and, and simplicity. So one, one of my favorite books is by a gentleman named Dan Kennedy. And, and if you know who he is, I mean, he's, he's a character. Uh, I like him a lot. I like his style. Uh, he, he's got a series of books called The No BS, you know, whatever. It's kind of like, you know, X for dummies. That's kind of his, his shtick. So it's the No BS Time Management for Entrepreneurs by Dan Kennedy. And it's really a great read. So if you don't uh, have it, pick it up. It's uh, not very expensive. It's on paperback. You can also get it on Kindle or Audible. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So really what he talks about is you have to assign what you're worth. Uh, are you worth X an hour? And, and that assigning that dollar amount kind of decides, helps you decide, is whatever you're looking at worth your time. And when you start putting a dollar value on your time, that's that's pretty significant. So uh, the example here that I'm that I'm went through is let, let's say just for grins, you want to make two hundred thousand a year, or you think you're worth two hundred thousand a year. Um, you look at the average time someone works at a job. Now this is not all time. This is just work time. So the the math kind of works out to about one hundred and thirteen dollars an hour. Now, I did that exercise for myself, and I think I'm worth a lot more than that. So I won't tell you what my number is, but my number is significantly higher. And I look at that, and I go, that's how I decide whether I'm going to do something. Is this hour that I'm going to spend getting my oil changed? Is it better if I do it myself, or do I just go somewhere and get it done? And while I'm waiting in the waiting room for that 30 or 40 minutes or an hour or so, you know, maybe I'm you know, reading a book, answering emails. So I'm more productive. All right. Does that, does that make sense? I hope, I hope so. So uh, in the book, and I'm going to kind of a real high level thing here, but Dan Kennedy goes over several things and I want to share my favorites with you. First one is the time vampires. All right. This is my favorite. And, and there's actually, to me, there's four time vampires. There's people, email, texts, and meetings. 
And I think we can all agree that those four things can take up the most of our time, especially in a business environment, especially those who have gone back to the office and are now, you know, punching the clock. Or if you're if you're back in an office environment, maybe one or two days a week, this is especially important. But this also applies if you're working remote. You could still have the same thing happen to you in a remote environment. So let's talk about people. And, and again, people can be, to me, one of the most biggest uh, areas of, of time wasting. Typically, it's in an office environment. It's uh, the person that pops by your desk and says, hey, you know, he's got a joke for you or some office gossip or, hey, do you have a minute? Um, and, and, the, and the problem with that is people, if you let them infringe in your time, and again, you got to look at that dollar value you assign. You got When you look at that person that's popped in your door, your office or a cubicle, and they're wasting your time, you need to think about that dollar value, how much time, how much value, how much productivity they're wasting. Now, some of us all, oh, we don't have that, that luxury. Our jobs are different. I get it. If you're customer service, you're, it's your job to be interrupted. But I'm just talking about just in general, people who aren't your normal uh, you know, coworker, your normal course of business, someone who comes in and wastes your time. So people are the biggest thing. The people come in and, and, and just ask questions or, hey, do, I have, do you have a minute? Or the same person who comes back and they want you to solve all their problems. They can't solve any problems. They come to you. So quit solving their problems. Just say no. All right. So people, people are the biggest, one of the biggest time vampires I think that there are. And you've got to get them out of your life. And as Dan Kennedy says, drive that stake through their heart, get rid of them. All right. The next one is email. Oh, this is the killer. How many of you, you, you can leave your desk or come back from a weekend and there's hundreds of emails? Uh, that is the most frustrating thing. That is the biggest, one of the biggest, if not the biggest time eater, the time vampires. And the thing was with email, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's great for record keeping and keeping a paper trail. But there's a couple of things about email that, that bother me. One, email is not instant messaging. If someone emails you, they say, call me or, hey, can we talk about this? That to me, that's, that's just very annoying. The other thing about email is if you are on a big email and someone hits the dreaded reply to all, you don't have to reply to all. It's not necessary. Don't do it. Just reply to the person who started the conversation, if it's even pertinent. Here's my other rule of thumb. If someone sends me an email and I'm in the two, you know, like to me, okay, I'm going to probably pay more attention. But if I'm carbon copied, I'm just saying, oh, that's just to keep me in the loop. And that's another thing. Don't send just to keep you in the loop emails unless you are asked to do so. If people if people want to know, they'll, you know, if something blows up, you can catch them up. I have to give them a play-by-play -play and send every email. Now, look, I'm guilty of all this that I'm talking about, and I try not to do it. All right, so email. You got to get a handle on the email. The other thing is texts. Now, again, we're all, you know, working in an office environment or at home. Texts are still a problem. Uh, you know, whether it's a coworker, even someone who, you know, family member or friend texts, you know, and technically texts are in instant messaging, but you don't have to respond. In fact, take that little, and I think every phone, if you go to the, uh, uh, the setup where it has uh, under the control panel, it says something about uh, messages read, um, you can turn off that feature so they don't know whether you've read the message or not. It just says delivered. So keep them guessing, okay? You're not under any obligation to immediately return a text, unless it's, you know, one of your kids or a sick family member and you're, you're, you're checking in on them or it's your kid. Say, I'm out of gas. I'm on the site. You know, 
I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the people sending you jokes and you know funny pictures and memes and that, that constantly interrupt your day, right? So texts are another area. And the last ones are meetings. Oh my gosh. Meetings are also terrible, especially if you're in a company or company culture where you're in meetings all day long, run, find another job. That is bad. You shouldn't be in very few meetings, maybe one or two a week. Most of the meetings that I've been in, in my career, we could have solved things through email. We didn't have to have a meeting. So this is a couple of rules of thumb. And I think it's Elon Musk. He said, you know, if you go to a meeting at Tesla and you're sitting there and it provides no value, you, you, you're free to walk out. I love that. Okay. Again, a lot of us can't do that. We have to play the game. But all meetings should, at the very least, start on time and stop on time. They should have an agenda. They should have a goal. In fact, there should be a meeting before the meeting. And this is a John Maxwell comment that who's ever in charge of the meeting, let's really make sure it's necessary. And let's really decide who we're going to pull out from a department or kill their, their time for the day just to be in this meeting. If it's not critical, do it by email. But we got to get a control on our meetings. Meetings are also killing us. So people, text, email, and meetings, those are the biggest time vampires. So uh, leaders, managers, business owners, please, please help your people out. They'll be so much more productive if you can minimize all of that for them. Okay? All right. Uh, number two hint that I got from the Dan Kennedy book was lists. You know, whether they're checklists, to-do lists, what the, the you know, there's a, a million different ways to do it, but just have a list of the things I got to get done today, things that I got to get done this week. And again, less is more. If you have too many, you won't get anything done. So it's kind of the 80 20 rule 20% of the, the tasks or activities that have 80% of the impact that's what you got to get done. Okay, so make use of a list, they're very, very helpful. And you know, for, for you know, and I, I keep I used to keep a calendar and I. Heck with that. I just have a list and, and it's a revolving list. I have a new list every day and some things come off, some things go on, but it just kind of keeps you mentally organized of what's priority. Okay. Block your time. Uh, I think this is one of the most underutilized uh, techniques. I've done this uh, in past lives and, and do this all the time. So if you have a calendar and a lot of us are in Microsoft, uh, some sort of an office suite with a company or, or maybe if you're self-employed, but block time on your calendar and you actually, you know, block it called productivity time. And hopefully no one will schedule meetings. And, you know, I think in Microsoft uh, Outlook, it actually you could put out of office or busy or not available. Make sure you are not available. Just say no. All right. Block time out for you to get things done. And just for example, um, so with block your time, for example, let's say, you know, just to be productive, if you're in an office environment between 730 and 9 a.m., check email and respond. So that, that's your time to do that. Now, at 9 a.m. to 11.30, that's productive time. That means turn off your email, put your phone on do not disturb, put your cell phone on airplane mode or whatever. That should be in close your door or hang a sign outside your cubicle, do not disturb. That is your productive time. Studies show once you're interrupted, it takes you 30 minutes to get back into the zone. Okay, so, so allow yourself that, you know, you know, at two, two and a half hours to get stuff done. Then right before lunch, you want to check voicemail. And, you know, just, just check voicemail, whether it's your phone or your office phone. And then go to lunch, okay? Unwind, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever your, your company policy, your preference is. But when you come back, 
you want to return the phone calls. You want to check emails and send res responses. So you have kind of two blocks during the day that you're checking email, checking voicemail, and responding. And you go back to 2.30 to 5 p.m. productive time. Now, if you think about that, I mean, look, I'm blocking out, you know, two and a half hours, two and a half. I mean, it's, that's five hours. So really, you're only working five hours a day, really working. So apply that back to the very first thing I talked about is how, what is your time worth? Instead of an eight-hour day, figure it on a five-hour day and watch that dollar amount increase. So you got three hours of, of potentially unproductive things happening in, in your work life. And this works in your personal life too, by the way. All right, so you got that, block your time. All right, number four, minimize unplanned activity. Uh, and I call these like popcorn meetings or, or pop-ins. You, you know, it's again, hey, you got time for a quick meeting or, you know, your boss or someone may say, hey, you got time to jump on a quick Teams call or let's jump on a quick Teams call or a Zoom call right after this meeting. Oh my gosh, so you're gonna go from one meeting to the next. And again, if you're virtual, I got to go to the bathroom. I, I, I do not have time to jump on this meeting. So, you know, or that's the person popping in the office. Hey, you got a minute? Or, hey, can I talk to you? No. Just say, no, I am busy. I don't have time to talk. Close the door. Get out of here. Okay, so minimize unplanned activity. Number five, profit from odd lot or, you know, downtime. So again, that could be windshield time on the way to work or on the way back. That could be why you're getting your oil changed. That could be why you're at the gym. So any downtime, take advantage of listening to a podcast like this one, or maybe listen to an audio book, or maybe, you know, you can return some phone calls. And I, and I used to do that a lot when I was uh, for a couple companies, I had a long commute, or, or even if I'm traveling on the road, I will return phone calls and do all my phone business. Um, again, obviously hands-free, we want to be safe, but that helps a lot with the time, okay? So, all I'm saying on that is make use of downtime and you can be more productive. All right, so there's a few strategies, and you know, number one is get lost. You know, I, I love that graphic, it's a little kid hiding you know, behind the, the blinds. If they can't find you, they can't interrupt you. So you want to get lost. Me? Well, if obviously you're in an office, that means close your door. Maybe leave, go find a quiet area. You know, maybe maybe go down the street to the Starbucks. I don't know. Just get lost. Or if you're digitally, you can get lost digitally. That means turn off your email, turn off your phone, and mark unavailable. Get lost. Don't be available for someone to interrupt you. Okay, the second one is don't answer the phone. Turn that phone off, put it on do not disturb, put it on airplane mode, All right? Number three, get a grip on email, texts, and meetings, and we, we talked about that previously. That is gonna help you with being more productive. Therefore, it automatically manages your time for you because you can't, time is gonna pass on regardless, all right? So, oh, number four, and before I forget, number four, this is my favorite. Set the timer on the bomb. Now, uh, and this is a Dan Kennedy thing. He actually has a timer somewhat like this. If someone, he has a meeting with someone, he sets the timer. When that bell goes off, I think it's a little, little explosion. He says, he ushers you to the door. We're done. You've had your 20 or 30 minutes. And he's very militant about that. Um, and I, if I could find one of those, I'm gonna get one, because I think that is really cool. So if, if you do have meetings, start time, stop time, whether it's a group meeting or an individual meeting. Follow the start time, stop time. And then be busy, number five. Be busy and be obvious about it. Now, the cool thing about this is I knew a guy worked for a distributor and he worked in the warehouse, I worked in the office. And you know, I know he wasn't working, but he every day he was walking around with a clipboard stuffed full of paper, 
and he had a pen or pencil in his ear and he'd every once in a while he would stop and he'd kind of look around and he'd have a bothered look on his face he'd get the clipboard he'd write something down he'd scurry off and even the bosses or management they were afraid to ask him what he was doing because he looked so busy okay so no one bothered him so if you look busy and have a determined look on your face people won't bother you okay i think that's pretty funny so anyway let's go back to marvel so again uh this week you know what did you do how are you productive so i challenge you to start some of these things if you can now again not all of us can do this because of our jobs but if you put some of these in practice i, I promise you you will have more productive weeks so how many marbles, how many weeks do you have left? And how, how do you want to spend those weeks? Is it in meetings or emails or problems or do you want to be productive? Because being productive is fun. And you know what I'm talking about. If you have a block of time or if you have something, you know, like on a Saturday, it's like, oh, you wake up, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then you get busy and then you clean out the garage and you get a bunch of stuff done. Man, you feel so good. Or if you're at work and you knock out a lot of things in one day, oh my gosh, that is the best feeling in the world. So you know what I'm talking about. So let's be productive. Let's get stuff done, okay? All right, so that is it. That is uh, season three, episode number two. That is the myth of time management, and I hope you enjoyed it. And, and by the way, if uh, you are interested in some training, we could actually do uh, you know, maybe a, a lunch and learn or mastermind group or seminar on this topic for your team, and we'd love to do that. So if you like what you heard, reach out to us, subscribe to our channel, and we're going to try to drop these podcasts and vidcasts more often, uh, more than we did last year. We got slack last year, but this year we're going to try to pick it up. Anyway, we appreciate you watching. We appreciate you listening. Anyway, we will see you next time.